The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Welcome to a Shepankin brand new episode of History Creeps. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Towns, and I'm joined by Carter Johnson. Howdy. I pause so you could say howdy. No, I thought I thought you I wasn't sure if you were gonna go me and Chris or me first and then Chris. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. I probably should have told you ahead of time, but it's okay. You know, I didn't. And of course, Mr. Christopher Chavez. Man, me. That's him back. Now, Chris, I have a, a bone to pick with you, real quick. I have I, a oh. femur to pick with you. You go first. Oh, oh, okay. All right. I didn't specify which bone. I, I have a thigh bone. That is femur. I didn't go to college, but for like one semester. Um. So I listened to the last episode of That's Odd. I was not on it. I was wondering, yeah. I was, you know, I'm glad you did blip back into existence now that you found the right yeah. frequency. Yes, <laughs> I did. Thank goodness. Uh, and you were on there with your wife, Erin. Yeah. And so I guess I need to just ask this. I'm just going to point blank ask this. Yeah. Uh, she was very good. Yep. Like, she was really, really good. She so was. So am I being replaced? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just thanks for being upfront and honest. Immediately. Uh, quick yeah. answer. And I do uh, not blame you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> she had a good time doing it. She really did. Um, and we did talk about that. We talked about how much, you know, how fun it was and that she might she might join us once in a while. Uh, her and I might do something. I'm not sure yet. But yeah, we had a great time with it. Um, and I hope the listeners enjoyed it. I know you were listening to it, Johnny. You said you, you got a chance to listen to it. Did you like my stories? I don't care about the cat story. What do you think about the, the Titanic? <laughs> Carter doesn't know what the cat story is. I have to tell him real Ooh, quick. Uh, I thought I'll, all of it was fascinating. They were pretty much the the episode was about uh, Aaron's part was animals who sort of could tell the future kind of thing. Premonitions. And, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, you mean uh, like with earthquakes and stuff like that? Kind of yes. like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Or like yes. when they, and, could, they can tell like when you're about to have a heart attack or some weird thing like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they act weird. Yeah. 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 I've read about that, too. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. creepy. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, it gets creepier. Uh, but uh, Chris kind of did the same thing, but with the human side of it. Um, the There's one story, though, that Aaron was telling, and it's about this cat who uh, lived in this nursing home. Still does. Still alive. And still, Oh, yeah. Still does to this day. And had a hundred, wasn't like a hundred percent success rate with yep. this. I yep. believe it was. Yep. <laughs> Oh, where, just the one would, where he can tell when they're going to die. Yes. He yes. literally follows the Grim Reaper into the room. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They would die within hours of that cat going into the room and laying down with them. Yeah. Oh. So I was telling Chris, like, if that cat came into my room, I would freak out. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably have a Wiggins. Yeah. But I was just saying, isn't that a kind of a nice way to go, right? Because it's, it's, you've got the cat with you. He's coming to kind yeah. of just kind of console you and let you know everything's okay. Yeah, I mean, if I you mean, want to look at it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> You're like, no, it's still creepy, man. I can't do it. It's still, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I love yeah. that you're like, I got a femur to pick with you because I got a whole skeleton to pick with Sony and Marvel right now. Oh. We won't go into that. <laughs> yeah, that's going to. Chris is probably going to go into that on his own podcast. I'm gonna, I was going to say, matter of fact, if you guys both want to call in as guests on that, that conversation next Tuesday, you're more than welcome. Oh, I have a lot of uh, opinions on it. Oh, There's yeah. so much anger. Yeah. yeah. We, we're and I'm like, but I can't because, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're recording next week on Tuesday about that. All of the news, the Disney Plus news that was released today, all that stuff. So we're going to talk oh, gosh, next Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys want to jump I'm on. Day one. Oh, yeah, I am too, dude. You guys want to yeah. jump on, you're welcome. It'll be next Tuesday around 5 o'clock. And that show is called? Hardly Awesome. Hardly Awesome Podcast. Giving you a, a little plug there. You're welcome. A little there chance at a plug. This is the flagship show of this network. You know, we got to give plugs That's to other right. shows. This is History Creeps, by the way. Oh, it is. Okay. In case, the, in case that they thought it was like uh, uh, some sort of pet show or pop culture show. <laughs> <laughs> this is History Creeps. Yeah. History Creeps, where we talk about creepy things in history. Dude, I'm excited but, to talk about yours. I got to tell you that because... Your, yeah, your topic has been, topic. Yeah, yeah, I remember being very young and that coming to, to my attention and going, oh, really? This is crazy. But also because of a lot of the ties that, that I, uh, I'm really into. Um, yeah. But before we do, on that side, we did Now That Side, which was kind of like the current creeps version. And I referenced something that I wanted to talk about today. Had you guys heard of the Hollywood Ripper? Okay, so I have, and here's why I have. Uh, I hope it doesn't have to do with the, the the tie to somebody. To an actor. Yes. yes. Okay, let's get to yeah. that, okay? Michael Gargiulo, known as the Hollywood Ripper, was found guilty Thursday in the stabbing deaths of two women and the attempted murder of a third in the Los Angeles area. Gargiulo, 43, was found guilty of first-degree murder in the killings of Ashley Ellerin, Maria Bruno, and the attempted murder in the attack of Michelle Murphy. The crimes were all committed between 2001 and 2008, and one of the locations included an apartment complex in El Monte. The jury was allowed to visit at least two of the murder sites. Now, is that a normal thing? Do they take jur- jurors on, like, road trips or, uh, or a little, like, uh, let's go check it out, like a... Like a um, you know what I mean? Like a class field trip. Let's go see the murder site. I know I it's know, man. I know it's not unprecedented and it's definitely been done before. Did they do that with That's the OJ thing? I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't I don't know how common it is, though. It's crazy. It says all of the victims. Uh, this is a quote from. Um, I don't even know who this person is. Aikman. I don't, I don't know earlier in the uh, article. Anyway, there was a quote. He says, all of the victims were young, outgoing women. All of the attacks occurred at night. All of the victims suffered multiple stab wounds. All of the victims were stabbed with the knife. Each of the victims was attacked in or around her home and in close proximity of Mr. Gargiulo. Prosecutor traced the steps of the serial slasher, saying he first ingratiated himself to his victims. He was the helpful next-door handyman, only to stalk them, break in, and then repeatedly stab them. It was a true Hollywood crime in the case of Ellerin, who in the night of her murder missed her date with a Mr. Ashton Kutcher. So, yes. Yeah. Ellerin was dating Ashton Kutcher at the time, um, they missed the date. Ashton goes over to the house, looks in the window, and saw that he, what he thought was spilled wine on the floor. We believe that was actually blood, and Ashley had already been murdered. Um, Butterfly effect, man. 
isn't that crazy, man? But yeah, this guy ended up killing two women, uh, attacking another one, um, pretending like he was a an, an air conditioning repairman. Uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, man. Like this guy was was terrorizing these ladies and stalking them. Ended up co- killing the two. Like I said, one was not uh, mutil, not just killing and stabbing, but mutilating. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, one of them apparently had her her throat sliced, breast sliced, like things that were done to her were just it's absolutely disgusting. I, I don't feel like reading it. Um, but yeah, he was found guilty. Uh, also, he was found sane because they were trying to say that he had disassociative di- identity disorder. You know what that is? Yep. Multiple personalities, right? Um, yep. they tried to call that, 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 that was the deal. And, uh, yeah, jury said, we, we don't buy, you're just a psycho. You're going to prison. But the crazy thing is, is the fact that it was t- tied to Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher had to, um, ha- had to go on, go to the trial. He had to s- get on the stand and, and give his testimony, uh, in what would end up putting away the Hollywood Ripper. <laughs> So it's there you crazy, go. Bro. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. He was found uh, guilty, and then he they tried to plea uh, insanity. They tried to plea disassociative disorder, and none of it cl- uh, none of it stuck. So he's going. He's going to be definitely getting the sentence. Wild. That's that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Current. Very current. Yeah, that's the reason I known about it. I saw a video of uh, Ashton Kutcher like in court actually giving testimony. With his with his actual porn yeah, stash, there's video of that out there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty wild. It is, man. It's crazy. It's it, well, it's 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 always crazy when you start hearing serial killer and these kinds of things because it brings these you know these names into your head like like uh, Bundy or Gacy or you yeah. know Zodiac. But and then you, and then you hear the tie. Anytime there's these crazy murders and then you hear ties to celebrities, it seems to almost accentuate or even elevate the story, right? Yeah, yeah, and also they already gave it like a, they already gave him a name. Yeah, the Hollywood, the Hollywood Ripper, Ripper, which kind of glamorizes it, right? Doesn't that kind of glamorize Very and romanticize so. this guy? He's a piece of shit. Don't give him yeah, that name. I agree. He doesn't deserve that. No, not at all. No, they all have names, man. Yeah, I think that's is some. Unfortunately, that's one of the driving things that people want that notoriety when when they're in, in that mind state, you know. What am I going to be called? What's my nickname going to be? What can I live up to? What can I do that's so horrendous and horrific? People will remember and name it. You know, give me a funky name. No thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of part of the whole thing with uh, any of the people we're trying to get, you know, their 15 minutes of fame or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, We kind of glamorize that stuff in a way. Yeah, it's not good. Um, But let's put it. Let's go here. So your guy. Your story today, uh, was he called the Indiana Ripper or Disappearer, the 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 vanishing <laughs> the vanishing Indianan? Uh, he might have been. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was born in Indiana, but it, we might as well say, De- what do they call people from Detroit? What's what are they called? Uh, Detroitian? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> let's call him the Detroitian. <laughs> okay, Dude, those do sound it. like aliens on Star Trek. <laughs> Detroitians. He's a yeah. Detroitian. Hey, what you doing? Yeah. No, that's like New York. So I kind of figured since uh, the last on one of the previous episodes, Carter was talking about some uh, strange disappearances. I would follow that up with, I would dare say another, along with you know Amelia Earhart and, and and such, a very famous disappearance. 
Oh yeah. Like easily. Like everybody, yeah, yeah. Everybody's heard of this. In fact, it's going to have a Hollywood movie coming out this year. It's got so many uh, pop culture references. Hey, but didn't they make it into a movie already with Jack yeah. Nicholson? Yeah, there is one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the new one's got like I think uh, Scorsese's behind it, that type of deal. So Oh, they're going all in, dude. Yeah. Then, um, yeah. Of course we're talking about Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. The te- he was a teamster, right? That was the deal. Yes, he was. The yes. famous teamster. Yes. So, Where's Jimmy? Yeah. Where's Hoffa? Uh, Jimmy Riddle or James Riddle Hoffa was born. He was a February baby. What? What? In yep, in 1913. Much love. Uh, born in Indiana, though when he was young, and his his dad actually died really young when he was young too. Um, his family would move to Detroit, and that's where he pretty much lived from then on out. Like so he, he never became, went back to Indiana. Or he became a Detroitian then. Yeah, if that's what we're calling him. <laughs> yes. That's what we're calling him, man. If you like, yeah. Eminem is a Detroitian. Yes. Uh, so Hoffa actually started his whole union thing or whatever you want to call it, uh, his union work when he was actually very young, when he was a teenager hmm. working at a Kroger grocery store. Huh. Uh, apparently the employees there were really upset, as you could say, uh, by the low pay and the working conditions were not the greatest. Uh, so they formed a union and Hoffa actually impressed a lot of them, despite how young he was. I think he, I think a lot of us saw uh, different reports anywhere from like eighteen to twenty, running that age. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite the fact that he was that young, he kind of got a leadership role with that because he was uh, he was considered very like he he didn't mind. He was a good talker. He was mm-hmm. a really good talker, so that helped him a lot. He's charming, and he's very charming. Yeah. Know? So, um, that's how he kind of gets his start in all this. And that would be the world he would know forever. Uh, in 1932, uh, Hoffa would leave his job and was invited to become an organizer for the local 299 Teamsters of Detroit. A Detroit uh, team- Teamster. Okay. Yeah, the Teamsters Union would grow by leaps and bounds when Hoffa was involved. In 1933, they had, for example, they had 75,000 members. By 1936, just three years later, uh, they had 170,000. Uh, Hoffa was really vital during this, uh, especially with what he would help them. Uh, you know, when they had some disputes with quickie, quickie. I can't even talk today. <laughs> quickie strikes. That's the word. I was for quickie yeah. strikes. I love a quickie, so I don't know why I couldn't say that correctly. <laughs> uh, <boy laughs> Uh, ladies, uh, boycotts and other ways of leveraging. Uh, he was very good at that. Uh, and he was really good with also, uh, the trucking unions, uh, truck driving mm-hmm. back then, especially was, was vital, uh, to, to everything we were doing. Yeah. So trucking unions, uh, were also at that time. And I know this is where Chris gets very excited. Bring it on. Heavily influenced by the mob. <gasps> Oh yeah, that's... yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's sort of how Hoffa gets involved mm-hmm. with the mob. That's how I knew about Hoffa. So my family's super huge into the mob. Not in the mob, into the mob. I remember okay. I was probably ten when my dad sat me down to watch Godfather one and two to tell me to take notes on how to be a man, how to live 
life a certain way and how to make sure you had the street smarts type of deal. And how to react if somebody put like a, a dead horse head in your bed. Yep. Actually, how to be the guy putting the dead horse in the bed. But oh, okay. uh, right. no, but yeah, I've, I mean, I've my whole life, I've always just it's always been stories of moth. My dad, you know, when he grew, was growing up 17, 18, 19 in New York City in the 70s, uh, you know, 60s and 70s, it was very much heavily influenced with mob. Um, he was actually in a restaurant when one of the big mob bosses was gunned down back in the 70s. So it's always been an influence in his life. And so he always had an interest in it and, and shared that with me. I've always had an interest in it. And I just always remember this guy, this teamster that had ties to the mob that had pissed off, uh, you know, the Kennedys. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. And that, the, the whole joke was always that what was it like he's buried under the the 50 yard line at one of the 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 football fields or maybe he's buried under home yeah. place uh, home plate at Shea Stadium or so it was all oh, these yeah, different gonna, things yeah, yeah we're going to cover all this stuff yeah. <laughs> oh let's get into it yeah yeah seriously uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty wild how this guy who is you know just really if you boil it down just a leader of a union yeah uh actually had a lot of influence and a lot of famous mm -hmm. uh, and other influential people in his life that he had relationships with. Uh, so Hoffa would continue to rise up in power uh, to the point where when World War II came around, he was actually granted determent uh, just because uh, he proved that the, the, you know, the country needed him there so he could localize truck drivers <laughs> and that would help the war effort at home. Wow. So that's how important they viewed him. That even the war, uh, even the, the the army would not would say, "Hey, yeah, you stay here and help us out that way." Uh, so in 1957, that's when Hoffa first, uh, for the first time, became president of Teamsters, mm -hmm. and he would actually continue to win elections, uh, president Teamsters elections. Then on out, he won at least three in a row there. How, how many do you think were obviously influenced by mob? You know what I mean? Probably not the first one. Yeah, I wouldn't say the first one. It's really hard to tell. It's after he starts uh, he, these trucking union. He starts working with the trucking unions because on, honestly, like when when you were talking about the mob, they really relied on a lot of the trucking. You, you know, the trucks and and moving a yeah. lot of product from side to side. You know, all over across the country. And so when he's the one who's in control of this, he's got to work with the mob. He's got to say, yeah, obviously you guys are the ones in control. You tell me how you want this to go. So. When they have that kind of puppet in power, trust me, they're making sure that he stays in power. Yeah, and at this time, too, he's also actually becoming friends with some of the mob, mm -hmm. uh, which is either a good or a bad thing. I don't know how you want to look at it. I, I, I don't know if I would consider that a... a, a I think it's kind of a dangerous a thing. Resume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a dangerous thing. <laughs> uh, but I think a part of it, too, was he actually was quite popular with the other people in the union, mm -hmm. uh, down to the, you know, just... Uh, uh, you know, Plumber Joe or whoever you want to say, who's just a work, uh, just an everyday worker. He was very popular with them as well because they felt like he really was fighting for them for better or for worse. Uh, in 1964, though, this is where things started to get a little tough. Even though Hoffa was well liked, he was not squeaky clean. Uh, oh, shocking! I know. <laughs> 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 who knew a person in power uh, had some skeletons in the closet? Had right, some femurs, seriously. Had some femurs in the closet they wanted to pick with people. Amazing. Uh, so Hoffa actually was convicted on many things in 1964, including uh, the attempted bribery of a grand juror, 
Uh, and, and, and just all kinds of things like that. Um, and he actually was sentenced. He was sentenced to uh, 13 years to prison. And he goes to prison. So when he goes to prison, he loses his uh, presidency of the Teamsters. That's stripped from him, obviously. Mm-hmm. And off to jail, Hoffa goes. So this is the part of that I'd actually forgotten about with the whole Hoffa too. I've actually forgot that. I mean, I, I, didn't, I, yeah, I didn't know he went to jail. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I forgot all about the jail thing. And then what's even more mind-blowing is this is where we bring in President Nixon, mm-hmm. of all people. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys know this or not, also not squeaky clean. <laughs> and uh, in 1971, President Nixon uh, actually freed Hoffa from jail after serving less than five years of that of that 13-year sentence with the condition that he could not do any union work or anything like that for, I think, 10 years. Somewhere for like a decade, he had to stay away from it. I'm uh, this, sure that went well too. It didn't because he didn't listen to it. Hmm. Uh, the second that he pretty much got out of jail, uh, he started trying to plan a way to get back in power. Mm-hmm. Uh, the issue here is though that while he was in jail, uh, well, first of all, he actually already knew a lot about the mob. He knew a lot of the inside workings of the mob. Yep. Uh, which is dangerous for him. <laughs> and uh, ignorance really is bliss, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> for Beautiful. sure. Because if you don't know stuff, uh, then, you know. And a long cares? life, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he knew quite a bit, apparently. And also, uh, during his time, the mafia's influence with the unions and stuff it actually had grown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a lot of pull and a lot of say. And they... And they had a lot of say in who was going to be in what position and, and such. And Hoffa was apparently uh, can be very, uh, how do you want to say, like brass or whatever. Uh, if he didn't agree with you, he would just tell you. Yeah. Uh, at one point he called. We're going to get to it, but at one point he called. Um, like he would, he would just point out, call some of the mafia names. Like he would just insult them to their face. Oh my Dude, God! Are you serious? Yes. What yeah, is this what, guy thinking? How you get shot, man. Like that's literally exactly how you get disappeared. That's how you yeah. get yourself a pair like, that's, of it's cement It's not even shoes. like, oh, I'm not going to do what you guys tell me. It's literally going up to him and being like, you know what? You're a fat piece of shit. Like that's <laughs> how you get killed. Yeah, yeah. It's literally poking a bear that will eat you, it's, dude. Like it's yeah. it's not like you didn't know. That the balls yeah, on that guy though. The balls on him, man. He's gotten. He went what twenty years as president. Did all of this stuff for so yeah. long without getting yeah, touched. He, he like, honestly thought he was bigger than them, and that's that's one of his downfall. Not just the only, but one. Um, it's like you said, Johnny. He knew a lot of the inner workings. He knew a lot of secrets. He knew something that was a bit. This comes out after his, you know, disappearance from his yeah. lawyer. But yeah, this is this is interesting. I love where this goes. Yeah. So he knew a lot of little inner workings, and apparently. Uh, he was trying to use that for leverage to get him back in power again. Uh, despite the fact, again, I have to say, part of the condition of him being freed from prison was he wasn't supposed to be involved with this stuff for 10 right. years. Right, he yep. was not allowed to, to work for the uh, the unions anymore. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of let's kind of jump to the disappearance, and then we'll get to some of the reasons why that we sort of already kind of yeah. glossed over that. So July 30th, 1975, uh, at the Red Fox restaurant parking lot. Now, is that Red was, Fox like the comedian? No, because it's not spelled the same, no. is it? Okay. Well, I didn't I know. Think, maybe he had a, a restaurant, you know? Maybe he did. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and and every every waitress me. is named Elizabeth? 
All right. And every cook, and yeah, every one, cook is always is, yelling. Is the special. Yeah. yeah every cook is home. yelling. It's coming, Elizabeth. The big one. I love that show. Love oh, God. Yeah, he's great, great stand up, too. Go back to his early stuff. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yes. All right. Back uh, to this. So, <laughs> but we digress. Uh, he was to meet, and I'm going to butcher the, the crap of these names, and I'm sorry. Uh, An- well, not Anthony. I can get Anthony pretty easily. Anthony uh, Gia Coloni. Perfect. And Anthony Provisano. Oh, you're so Italian. It's amazing. I am. Uh, look at me. Uh, I'm very good at it. Uh, they're two mafia leaders. Mm-hmm. So he was supposed to meet them. He, a lot of people knew that he was supposed to meet them. Uh, he actually wanted their help to help. Uh, they were supposed to meet in order to kind of lay some groundwork in how he was going to get back in power. Mm-hmm. That's what he thought anyway. That's why he thought he was going there, I should say. Uh, but he had a strange history with both these Anthonys. Uh, he even had a friendship with them at some point, but that friendship sort of soured. And by sort of, I mean, that's one of these Anthonys is one of the ones that they say he insulted. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were kind of uh, on rocky ground, to put it, <laughs> to put it the best, uh, to the point where uh, they were starting to threaten his family. Uh, Hoffa's family, they were threatening his family and stuff. Because that's the thing about the mob. Yeah, wasn't something it's with his granddaughter? His... I can't. There was something about his granddaughter, yes. like yes. kidnap his or granddaughter kill her was or one of the major ones that they were threatening. They were going to kidnap her and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that's the thing with the mob, though. They don't just kind of go after you. Mm-hmm. If you mess with them, they go after your family because they know that'll hurt more. Uh, so they threatened his life and his family's life, including his granddaughter, like Chris said. But they eventually did make peace, and by that I mean. The Anthony's actually would show up at a meeting place before this meeting, and they sort of made peace. Though later on, Hoffa's son would come out and say he, he's pretty sure this was just to kind of set oh, yeah. Hoffa Obvi- up. Obviously. Kind of, you know, yeah. Um, his son, his son was actually going to be president of the union at some point, too, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Hoffa didn't come home. And that's when they filed the missing persons report. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so he began just, the conspiracy theory. Yeah. So he goes to this meeting with these two mafia guys and then is never seen again. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. So what about the clues? I mean, what are the actual clues on this case besides the fact that he was going to meet these two mafia guys? Uh, the first real clue is that a police dog uh, actually hit on Hoffa's scent. They, they hit on his scent that was in the backseat of a car. This car happened to be owned by Joey Giacalone, who happened to be the son of Anthony mm. Giacalone. Yeah. Uh, well, so then. That, yeah. What a connection, huh? <laughs> I'm this, shocked. Like, you're going to hear all these clues, and you're going to be like, I'm really shocked, sarcastically, like Carter said. But remember, this is still unsolved. Nobody ever went to jail for this, uh, mm. for this disappearance. Nope. So remember that um, many people wouldn't talk like pretty much anybody. The police would interview. They, they wouldn't say anything to the point where they would even invoke the fifth amendment when they were in court. Like they would take these people to court mm-hmm. in front of a grand jury to try to get them to testify some stuff. And they would just say, I plead the fifth. Yep. In other words, uh, it's the mob. <laughs> yeah. I am not going to mess with the mob. No, uh, so let's, Jimmy Hoffa. If you do that, man, yeah, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> well, I this, mean, that second guy, what was his name? Pro Provenzano, Provenzano. Uh, yeah. Like he's he was actually part of one of the five families of New York. That's why this wasn't a big like this isn't even a like if you hear that it's you're done. You're done. Go into hiding. Yeah. Do your best to go to a different country that, you know, where you have to live in a hut and in the rainforest because anywhere else they're going to get you regardless. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. So let's kind of fast forward a little bit to 1976. Because this is when the FBI releases the Hofex memo. And that's just pretty much all the stuff that they had at the time that they were going to release publicly about the Hoffa disappearance. Uh, this included a long list of suspects. Uh, but however, no one would dare cross the mob. Like it didn't matter all these clues that they had, all these things that led to the mob. They could not get anyone to just say, yeah, it was the mob. They couldn't get anyone at all to just come out and say, well, I mean, it, we know it's obviously the mob. So yeah, it's the mob. Nobody would do it. Hmm. So seven even years. With the after, FBI did. Yeah. Even with the FBI, they wouldn't, they're just not going to, the mob was crazy. Uh, I bet it still lives to this day. We just don't know. Uh, is just crazy influential and powerful. Oh, yeah. Uh, in 1982, this is seven years after his original disappearance, Hoffa was legally declared dead. Mm -hmm. So what happened to Hoffa? This is where we're going to get into the theories, guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. You, so after I name some of these, if you guys have more you've heard, please feel free to add them to the list. Uh, so one of the first theories was uh, he was taken to an empty house and shot uh, to the point where uh, – the police actually went to this house. Uh, the informant had told them to check it out. They took up the floorboard, the, the boards of the you know the floorboards there, and they actually did find blood stains, but those blood stains could not be linked to Hoffa. Hmm. Uh, For hit sake. Yes, yes. <laughs> and this is going to be an uh, uh, words I'm going to say a lot here. A mob hitman. Uh, by the name of Charles Allen, said Hoffa had been oh. left in the Florida Everglades after being ripped apart, apparently, and just like spread across the Florida Everglades. Mm. Uh, but they never found any evidence of that. But but honestly, have you guys ever been, Chris? I know you're actually from Florida. Have you ever been to the Everglades? It's a yeah. huge place. I drove. Uh, Aaron and I drove through the Everglades. Matter of fact, uh, on uh, it was it was actually insane. We were trying to head to to get to to a cruise on the other side of the coast. And about halfway through, I realized I didn't know if I was going to have enough gas to get through the Everglades. It was it was crazy because dude, I don't, f that. If you've ever been there, dude, it's it's a straight just just asphalt straight across literally the Everglades. It's not like you have gas stations or anywhere to tear off. You just have to go straight through. And I didn't. And there's signs that say check gas, and I, and I completely forgot to. And yeah, we almost ran out of gas, but we didn't. We made it on our cruise. Happy story. Oh, thank goodness. Yes, <laughs> but that's that kind of backs up what I'm saying. It's a it's huge. Oh, monster! Oh, yeah. It's like the yeah. entire bottom of Florida, the entire yeah. bottom. Yeah, that's what I call my bottom too. That's Everglades. very scientific, by the way. Yeah, you can kiss my Everglades. Geologically accurate. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and then another mob hitman by the name of Donald Franks or Tony the Greek, as he liked to be called. Tony the Greek. Said the Hoffa was actually under, and this is the very famous one, Giant Stadium in yeah. New Jersey. Yep. That's the famous one where, you know, uh, Hoffa's buried underneath a sports stadium. That's the one right there. Do you remember Mythbusters uh, did the thing where they brought the, the radar out there to see if was, there was anything under, under there at Giant Stadium? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is such a humongous. Uh, this is, I mean, that right there is pop culture. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. 
deep that's embedded. I mean, everybody's heard that Hoffa was underneath the giant stadium. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. I think they referenced that in The Simpsons. I mean, it's all over the place. Oh, yeah, everywhere, everywhere. Uh, uh, to this day, investigators actually still get tips and stuff. Uh, but during this time, they've actually gotten uh, – they would end up looking for Hoffa in different places, uh-huh. including horse farms, mm-hmm. uh, parking lots, and garages. They would go to all these different places and tear them up. I think it wasn't even that long ago that they tore up somebody's garage thinking that he might have been there. Um, to this did, day – no, Didn't they rip up one of the stadiums they ripped up? They were thinking, oh, maybe we'll yeah. find him under that one. I forget which one it was. It was either in New Jersey or New York, I would assume. Yeah. Um, but to this day, no one actually truly uh, knows what happened to Hoffa. Or let let me let me rephrase that. Uh, somebody knows, but they're but we're never going to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That I, type of deal. I heard there was one guy that talked about he was like in some sort of Japanese car that was crushed and compacted, and then sent yes. to, like the scrap metal was sent to a different country. Um, that was the Ice Man. Oh, really? That uh, was him. A very famous, he's got actually a documentary about him, a very famous mob hitman uh, slash serial killer, however you want to look at him. I guess any mob hitman technically mm-hmm. is a serial killer if you think about it. Yep. Um, but uh, he famously said that Hoffa was put into a car and the car was crushed. Kind of deal. Uh, but yeah, yep. but it's a very famous one. It's all over uh, the place. I mean, and and you're always going to have people, right? Because you want notoriety. There's a weird thing about criminals that want that notoriety or want the attention. So when you're feeling kind of bored, you 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 start knocking on your 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 uh, your cell, you know, your cell bars, and you call you get to call the guy over, and you're like, I want to talk to the warden. I know where Hoffa is, right? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like everybody's got the story and knows what happened, but when you look at all these stories, they're all completely different. Every one of them. Yeah, and they're all in like vastly different areas too. Like from Florida Everglades to Giant Stadium, it's two very different places. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, like, uh, which is you know, part of me kind of thinks this is the other the conspiracy uh, conspiracy theorists coming out of me here. But uh, part of me kind of thinks that the that's what the mafia wants. They yeah. want you to be thinking that he could be literally anywhere because yeah. that helps them out. There is a mobster. By the name of Michael Francesi, 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 however you say it, um, he's very famous for being vocal about the history of the mob and his his uh, you know his involvement with the Colombo family in New York. Uh, I know that it was this year, earlier this year, there was something about how he talks about where where he knows for sure what happened that he was killed uh, by the mafia. It was an order that came down from the commission. Um, and that what I think the only hold on I'm gonna try to it's right here. When questioned about the location and the shooter, all friends easy would uh, disclose was quote I can tell you the body is very wet and quote the shooter is still alive today but currently in prison. For me, that seems more realistic than any of these other guys that said this is exactly how it happened. Right? Yeah, yeah. It really feels like that this this is uh <laughs> that this could be f- legit, full legit. Yeah, and that would be my guess. Uh, you know, the the mob knows how to get rid of stuff. His, uh, I saw including this, people. Yeah, yeah I heard they had dissolved his body in acid or something. Yep, you know? I've heard that one in a drum of acid or something. I saw this thing yeah. also. His lawyer, Bill Buff uh, Buffalino, 
after he disappeared, he said it was the CIA that did it because he knew Hoffa had information that the CIA was working with the mob to try to get the mafia to assassinate Fidel Castro. Also, I guess Hoffa had bugged uh, Robert Kennedy's um, home, spying on him and Marilyn Marilyn Monroe. I almost said Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Monroe. Um, and so that he's saying that basically the government wanted to do away with this guy because he, he had way too much on a lot of powerful people in the government. Well, wait, didn't the CIA actually try to assassinate Castro yes. with the help of the mob? Yes. And I believe I don't know if we ever covered it on History Creeps, but in the past, in our history, during World War Two, I believe it was. The, the yeah. government partnered with the mafia to help co- with the docks and all kinds of things. Like they literally used the mafia to help the government in the war effort. Yep. So it's not the first time that's happened. So when when this when this lawyer starts, and a saying, lot of the mafia was like, "Yeah, it's our patriotic, yeah, uh, yeah," duty. It, because that's how they felt truly. Like it was a patriotic thing. We're we're fighting fascism, um, and so it's it's weird, right? But then. You, you know, this this lawyer says, look, this is true. And it makes you wonder, because when you've seen that has happened before, maybe there's something to this. I could see uh, what friends, Michael Franzese said. I could take that more realistic because he wasn't specific. He would just say kind of in a in a mob way. Right. Like, eh, well, we know what happened to that guy. Uh, and then the, the, the government thing. These are the two that I think are the most realistic. Yeah, I, I think for a fact that the. Some people in the government know. Yeah. Oh, easily. Uh, know exactly where he is, but they're just not ever going to say uh, for whatever reason. It could be many different things. Uh, but yeah. So I'm with you on this. That one, that one makes the most sense to me that he was just, uh, his body was dumped somewhere that we'll never, ever, ever find it without somebody just telling us actually where it is, who actually knows. I got something, yep. to, I got something to throw at you. Did you know that 10 weeks after Jimmy Hoffa disappeared, President Nixon made his first public appearance since his resignation, during which he golfed with American labor leader Frank Fitzsimmons and Provenzano, Anthony Provenzano. Oh man, that's that's what is that? (laughs) What does that tell you, bro? What does that is insane, right? What all in one. What? <laughs> right? Right? So Straight now up, doesn't the doesn't the government thing it looks like the government and the mafia work together, man. It really does. They do. Oh, I mean, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Hoffa, I know dude. I know over in Italy, uh the mafia is actually huge still in Italy. Oh yeah. Uh to the point where the government they're kinda they don't work together anymore from what I obviously I don't live there. This is just what I've heard from mm-hmm. uh you know, different things I've read and stuff uh, to the point where uh, they're kind of at odds with each other now. Oh, so uh, I know. Uh, so yeah. that was the thing. I, I I know like the whole story with the mob is that before the 50s, it was at the yeah, I believe it's the 50s when they had that huge um, bust of all the mob uh, bosses in, in uh, upper New York, uh, you know, northern New York um, before then. The, the idea of the mob, the idea that criminals could actually organize and, and create such an institution was laughable. Like uh, all across the country, police stations thought it was a joke. Even the government, you know, though they'd heard these things, they thought, you know, there's, uh, there's no way this could be real, right? Though they had little investigations going, it, it wasn't a solidified thing. So when this happened, when the, it became a real thing, then it exploded. Everyone knew mob. Everyone knew gangsters. You know, you have the Godfather. You have Goodfellas. You have all this kind of stuff. And 
and then it kind of dies down. Like you don't see, you know, like the killings and stuff in the street like you did in the 70s and the 80s or even the early 90s, except what maybe once in a while. But I have noticed recently, um, w- w- oh, what I was going to say there is that the mob, that's how they want it. They want you to think they went away, that they're not even here. That's the best way the mob can operate is when we don't even realize they still exist. But I have noticed yeah. recently that there's more and more mob-related things happening. And I think maybe it's because of where I am. Uh, up in Canada, just right over the border, there have been a, a lot of big mob hits lately. You know, a couple of big-name um, mob guys that have been uh, turning up dead or killed. One guy was literally uh, shot in the street and then run over a couple of times with a car before they took off uh, and this was just a couple months ago and he was you know he was a mob member uh over there in canada so it's uh, it's still around it's not a joke the mob's still here you know they're, they're still doing their thing uh but it looks like it's it's becoming more and more of a, a they're showing their face again recently yeah and any organization that really truly wants power and influence mm-hmm. uh does that better if we don't know they exist Exactly. Hell, uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, there's a documentary right now. It's like a uh, I can't remember what exactly it's called, but it's on Netflix, and it's about this really influential uh, religious the family. Yes, the yes. Family. Yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah, I started watching it. It's pretty good so far. Hmm. It's got a lot of reenactments and stuff in it. Yeah, but I, it's that just pretty much the Bobby Lasers documentary on my. Oh Netflix yes, please. Yeah, that one's really good. I did watch that one. Was it uh, okay? I need to watch that too. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, but yeah, but anyway, this one, the family one, uh, it's about this religious group. I don't even know if I want to call them Christians because they don't really call themselves Christians, uh, but they say they follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, uh, but they have way more influence than. Uh, anybody really knows uh, to the point where they have world leaders come to their uh, their place all the time. Like it's a normal occurrence to have somebody, a powerful, influential person from anywhere around the world show up there. Hmm. That's kind of weird. Yeah, very, very strange. Kind of scary a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little uh, bit. So I just want to say my sources were Time Magazine and History.com and, of course, uh, good old Wikipedia, but that's where I got all this information from. Very nice. And the movie you were referencing earlier with Martin Scorsese, I believe it's out now already, or it's about to come out. It was one of those ones that they're doing for net a straight Netflix movie. Uh, Hoffa is going to be portrayed by Al Pacino. The name of the movie is called The Irishman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it okay. looks amazing. Yeah, I dude. think it's based on some book called uh, "Do You Paint Houses?" I heard or something you paint like houses. Yeah, painting yeah. houses. You know what that means, right? Yeah, that's uh, code. That's, that's code for you're a killer. Uh, you're a contract killer. Yeah, you got no problem putting blood on the walls. You're a mob hitman, but that's code for it. Basically, Pretty yeah. Much. This is a De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Scorsese. The big deal about this was that it's it's straight to Netflix. It's, and and one of the big deals is like I guess Netflix is funding this by like two hundred million dollars. So uh, I can't wait to see. I love mob movies. I love Scorsese's work. So this looks like one I'm going to be down for. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, I have a lot of respect for all those people involved with that. They're amazing directors and actors and mm-hmm. stuff. But man, they're really getting up there in age. Yeah, yeah. 
and I don't know if I can even understand them when they talk now. <laughs> oh, they're aging everybody down digitally. Oh yeah, you should. They, that's what they said. When, wait till you see this because there's there are scenes with De Niro when he's supposed to be younger. Uh, as because it's the Irishman is this guy Frank Sheeran. It follows his life, uh, and he's an old man at the beginning that reflects back on his life. And so when they do his early life, this whole de aging thing, it literally looks like De Niro from back in the day. Can't wait to but see they, it. But they still don't seem to be able to like de age voice. Like your voice kind of just sounds like you, no matter what. Yeah, not yet, uh, right? I mean, like when James Earl Jones uh, reprises role as Darth Vader, you know, on, in the uh, Rogue One, like yeah. he still sounded. I mean, he still was James Earl Jones. Yeah, it sounded but like it sounded like, older. Like you, could tell, you could tell he was older. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like De Niro is going to play Sheeran, right? Al Pacino is going to play Jimmy Hoffa. Joe Pesci is going to play uh, Buffalino. Uh, and uh, let's see, Provenzano is going to show up in this film. Um, what was the other guy that you said was in his dis- the disappearance? Oh, the one with the Giacolone uh, or something. It doesn't look uh, like he. It doesn't look like he's he's shown to be portrayed. Yeah, it's. Um, they also have the thing with this movie where uh, AMC theaters are wanting to show it too. Like they have a weird contract, but they're at odds with Netflix over right now mm. over how long they can show it in a the theater before Netflix gets it. Interesting. Oh yeah, Gia Colon is in it. The guy, there's somebody that plays that. Yeah. So it's all in here, dude. Like this whole era that we've just talked about is going to be in this movie. Go check it out, peeps. Comes out September 27th. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's all I got, fellas. Dude, that was great. I have always been fascinated with the story of Jimmy Hoffa. I yeah. never really believed he was buried or this and that. You know, growing up with the stories of the mob, growing up, you know, understanding this, knowing a lot of this stuff, I truly believe they took him out and that it's too bad. We're not going to know anything at all because you can't take anybody's word for it anymore. There's no proof. There's no evidence. It's 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 one of these things that till, you know, till the end of time, we're really never going to know what happened. Yeah, and so many people just want attention, so they're just going to say they know. Yep. <laughs> that type of deal, which just helps the people who really did it out even more. Exactly. So. Cool, cool, dude. That was a good one. I am uh, I'm pretty good. I have nothing else to say. What about you guys? I'm fairly fascinated, and yeah. <laughs> Didn't fairly know that stuff, so. I am, uh, as they say... Over and out. I'm done. Well, alrighty then. If uh, Carter, if you don't mind, hit the lights there. Johnny, lock those windows. I'm gonna make sure our alarm is set. We're leaving the clubber, the creeper clubhouse. That's right. We have an alarm. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. And as always, stay creepy.